Well, good morning. Um, I, I tell them every year that they should make me watch those videos like 27 times so that I don't, you know, choke up and cry. And, and being, you know, 12 days from having baby number four, it's just not fair to show a pregnant woman um, those kinds of videos. But um, I hope that that resonates with some of you and that you know that today is special. Um, there is a lady in your life who is significant or you might be a lady who is very significant um, to someone else and we honor that um, today. And we just wanted to take a couple of minutes and um, not only honor and celebrate, but maybe hopefully encourage um, some moms today. Um, it can be a, a tough, tough job. That doesn't take any convincing um, at all. Do you guys believe that? It doesn't take any convincing um, to know that that this whole mom gig um, is a tough is a tough one a, a lot of the times. And I was reminded of some of those differences um, in parenting. Uh, maybe you guys have seen some of these clips, some of these um, pictures. But um, I pulled a couple of these images uh, that really kind of spoke to me in this stage and season of parenting that we are in. Um, you know, I'm constantly kind of bouncing ideas off of other moms and trying to figure out where, where we land with all of this. And they've got a couple of images I wanted you guys to see. Um, the fact that we all come from different perspectives, we come from different types of styles of parenting, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are doing it right or wrong. We have the same goal, that we want to raise um, kids who are loved and who are cared for. Um, and it's some of us breastfeed and some of us bottle feed and some of us have no TV and internet and some of us are like, bring on the iPad. Um, so all of those um, various ideas and perspectives, um, I, I thought it was really neat that they were celebrating um, that mom can can still um, get along, if you can believe that, um, whether you give your kids organic strawberries or you feed them chicken nuggets. I mean, you know, we, we know that you are doing the best that you are possible, you know, capable of doing. Amen? Doing yeah. the best you can. And we believe that. So we are fans. We are champions um, of you ladies uh, today. And we just wanted to remind you, take a couple of minutes. Um, and I've got some ladies up here who I'm so excited. Um, to introduce to you. And we come from different perspectives. If we were holding some of these signs, we would have lots of different ideas about um, how to approach parenting and, and raising children. But I think that what we can all agree on is that we need to love more and judge less. Amen? Amen. Amen. So wherever you fall on the spectrum of whatever issue um, could be talked about, we want to try and model um, celebrating and loving and encouraging and uh, being a, a little less uh, critical on ourselves and on one another um, today. So I thought that that was a great, a great place to start. Um, but I have a range of uh, backgrounds and experiences, um, hopefully, that, that you can kind of see and get to know this morning. So I want to introduce each of these ladies to you, and then we're going to jump in um, to, to our conversation. Um, to my right is Miss Kim Greenwood. Can y'all give it up for Miss Kim? 
And she is um, going to be able to kind of speak from a couple of different places. First of all, if you have children, she is an influential figure in their lives. She um, runs our children's ministry, which is a huge, huge deal, and we're grateful um, for that. And she is also parenting, um, she and her husband are parenting two teenagers. Oh, my goodness. And uh, one of them is getting ready to, to head off to college, and so she has a lot of great insight, and um, she is definitely a mom that I look to, and you guys are going to be lucky to, to hear from her this morning. Um, and to my left, I have Miss Amy Lacefield. She is a mama of four, count them, one, two, three, four children, and she homeschools them. Um, so that is an, an incredible honor and a, a huge task. Um, so she's got um, some really great insight as well to share. And then Miss Joy Ashcraft. She is up here um, for just a few few more weeks representing the single moms out there. If we can hear it for all the single moms in the room. And she is getting ready um, to, get, to get married to an incredible guy. Um, but she has some really... Um, personal and, and powerful experiences about what it's like to, to have that role um, all by yourself. Um, and I think you guys will, will benefit from that. And then our, what did we say, resident expert, our seasoned, our seasoned expert, Miss Idrew Vibbert. <laughs> she is giving all of us um, a goal to aspire to. She is not only parenting adult children, or parenting grandchildren. She is parenting great-grandchildren. She has three beautiful uh, great-grandchildren who you got to meet just a few moments ago. Um, so she has a wealth of knowledge and, and experience and godly guidance um, to share with us this morning, and we're glad that she's on this stage. And then one of my very, very dear friends, Miss Kristen Monahan. she is... I, I jokingly said last service, we know each other's um, stuff about parenting because we've lived together and shared a house. So she knows uh, my style and her, and, and I have great respect um, for this lady. So you're going to get to hear some awesome insight, and I hope you are ready, um, ready for it. So we, like I said, it's not a hard sell to convince anybody that being a mom can, can be more than, than tough and, and trying at times. Uh, but we wanted to kind of start off by um, recognizing all of the things that are powerful and, and rewarding and joyful um, about being a mother. And so I would like for each of these ladies um, to maybe start off and share. Ms. Kim, can you tell me what do you think is either your favorite part of being a mom or maybe like the most rewarding part of being a mom? What would you say? Right, so as Andrea said, like we have teenagers and one of them's getting ready to go off to college. So they're both at the age right now where we're starting to see them sort of come into their own. And there's, there's a great reward in that, just watching that happen. Um, they're making decisions, they're, um, they're just developing who they are, deciding what they like to do, and, and there's something about having raised them up and done the best that you can do and work the hardest that you can, knowing that you've, you've had struggles and you've put you know, consequences in place that have been difficult to watch them go through, that they are at a place now where they're just sort of starting to take off. And there's just a reward of you know, all that work that you put in and seeing that happen. I love that, that's so good. Um, I think that for, for me in just kind of this season of life, I think it's super rewarding to see like a small piece of myself outside of myself. Like there is this living, breathing 
um, other entity, you know, this, this other person that is um, like a piece of me. And I remember um, saying to my mom one time, you know, I, I think, you know, you love daddy more than you love me or something like that. And she, it was, I know, silly, but she said, there is the possibility, you know, that, that daddy might not be my husband, but you will always be my daughter. And that was so powerful to me. Like this idea that my kid will always be my kid no matter what. Um, and nothing can change that. And, and we, I've recently had that conversation um, with Sadie and Nora. You will always, always be mine. And I think, I think that's one of the rewarding pieces of motherhood. Um, I, well, I have four children under the age, or eight and under, and <laughs> so I boys. love their, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I love their enthusiasm about life, and it's like everything's so exciting for them right now, and I just love that they love to love, That's and so they love to love me, and so every single day I hear, I love you, mom, and you're the greatest, and you know, all those things that are just so encouraging, and I just, I mean, that is amazing to me to hear every single day, you're doing good, you're great, you know, I love you, you're beautiful. There you, know? you go, that's right. There's nobody else that's prettier yeah. than your mama, yeah. you know? Um, I too agree, you know, being a mother is so rewarding. Um, you know, my kids love me so much. Even when I feel like they don't, I know that they are just, you know, so proud to be my children. And the compliments that I receive on my children are, you know, a great payoff because it, you know, reminds me that they are, you know, a part of me and that I am doing a good job raising them when people compliment them constantly to me. And, um, you know, being able to love something, you know, one person so much, like I love my kids so much. And to have that much love in your heart and to feel that great about something and to know that those kids are always gonna be my children. I'm always gonna be their mother. I'm always gonna have them in you know, life's hardest and best times no matter what. And so that for me is just very rewarding. Um, being a mother is just very powerful and, and very rewarding, so. Uh, totally. Is that, they'll turn it up, they'll turn it up. You're good. Am I on? This is the blonde side. <laughs> this is the brunette side. I love it. Do I have your attention now? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, the Lord has been so good to me by giving me three wonderful sons. Their dad is an example that they've tried to live by his statutes, his admonitions. He was a PK. So I know what that's like. That's a preacher's kid. So when you move into a preacher's kid's family, you think there's expectations here, you know. You've got to be super good. And I don't know that I've managed that always. <laughs> uh, but I am rewarded. Mm. Today especially, I am rewarded. Mm. Uh, Proverbs 31 talks about what happens when a virtuous woman is brought forth. My husband preached that for my mother's funeral. Mm. And I sure hope somebody preaches it That's for mine. That's so good. <laughs> because if you can live before your children, 
in a way that they will want to model themselves after you and follow God with all their heart, soul, and mind, then we've done a good job. We've done what God asked us to do. <laughs> so sweet. All three of our sons are here. Keith is monitoring the sound. Maybe that's why the microphone didn't work. <laughs> John, John was playing bass guitar. Tim came in just a moment ago with his family all the way from, from Middletown. So sweet. And all of my grandchildren and all of my great-grandchildren are in the same place. That's awesome. At the same time. What a testimony. God is good to me. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. I love it. Uh, so I sat next to Idrew last service, and um, this before this service, we were all kind of arguing about who was going to sit where this service, <laughs> because how do you follow Idrew? My goodness. Um, greatest thing about parenting uh, is I feel like I get to re-experience the world through my kids' eyes. Absolutely. I get to learn everything all over again and experience new things and first, you know, steps and everything I get to go through all over again through the eyes of my child. And it just makes the world so wonderful and wondrous. And I have enjoyed that piece of it more than I expected to. It's been wonderful. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah. Um, we definitely know that, that something kind of supernatural happens, that your heart grows, that you have no capacity to understand, um, you know, before, before having kids. And so that's pretty miraculous. Um, on the other side, like we have, have said, there are challenges. Um, so can any, I want to hear from, from each of you ladies, what has been maybe the hardest part about being a mom? Maybe, maybe some of those, maybe it was a particular instance or um, a, a season of, of parenting. But what would you say has been the hardest? Kim, what would you say? Right. So I'm changing my answer a little bit from this morning. Great. First service. Um, I'm expanding a little bit. So um, I, what I actually said this morning was watching your, letting your kids fail, that sort of idea of not rescuing them every time. But actually, a bigger part of that is doing the best job that you can and still seeing them choose to do things that you don't want them to do. Like, that's the hardest thing. Like, you've done everything you can. You've raised them the best way possible. You, you, you can't do anything else. And, and they're still going to make those choices. They're still going to make mistakes. They're still going to fail. And it's very difficult to watch that happen, especially when you know you cannot rescue them. Right. Like, they have to deal with whatever the consequences are. They have to learn how to pick themselves up. So that's very difficult. Yes, I think a lot of us in the room, can you guys resonate with that? That's something that you're, yeah, and it's, it's a tough choice. I think right along that same line for me is that balance. Um, that's like the biggest word that would encompass what I feel like is in, in the overarching struggle of, of being a mom, being a parent. It, it starts with a balanced meal, right? Like the pressure to have like so many vegetables and uh, fruits and uh, here's another Lunchable. I just, I can't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. Um, or balance in, you know, TV time and balance of me 
picking to, you know, choosing to, to clean up the house versus spending time um, engaging with my kids. It's all this pressure to constantly evaluate where am I at? Am I, am I balanced? You know, have they spent too much time um, at this friend's house? And are, are they studying enough? And am I working too much and I'm not home enough? It's just a constant pressure um, to find balance is where I feel like maybe the heart, that could be the season of life, but just balance is what resonates well, I mean, I think mine goes along a lot with what they said. You know, whenever you have so much pressure on you, like you just, you feel like sometimes I'm failing as being a mom. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not doing things right. And, you know, that's a, a inner struggle every single day, you know, especially whenever you're having a hard day and your kid comes up to you and they're like, mom, you, you know, you're horrible, you know, or whatever, you know, <laughs> and you're just like, thanks a lot. I was just about to pull my hair out, and, you know, now I can, so. But, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. For sure, for so, sure. you know, we put a lot of pressure on, our, on ourselves um, to be perfect, and we're not perfect, so. And I, too, can agree um, with the ladies in, in as far as, you know, having balance in your home and with your children. Um, you know, guys, our kids are growing up in such a different society that we grew up in, and I'm sure everybody can agree with me in the room that there's so much pressure on our children um, with social media and the way they dress and how they look and, you know, who's smarter than the other, who can run harder, and, you know, who gets the first place prize and who doesn't. And um, I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm in a season of change with my home, too. You know, I have a teenager in my home, and while she's an amazing person, there's times that there's confrontation in our home, and you know, there's words exchanged, and I always wonder, you know, am I raising her right, or am I doing the right thing? Um, because there is things that she said that, or that I've said that I can't understand, you know, why if I'm doing this right, or if I'm doing that wrong. So, you know, I constantly struggle with, am I doing the right thing, and am I raising my child right? Um, am I instilling in her, you know, the most important things in life, and values, and morals that, you know, I want to, you know, them to have as I had as a child growing up as well. So, um, just the proper amount of balance is good and, you know, spending time with your spouse and, and like they said, you know, taking care of your home and playing outside, you know, all that just comes into play with, with you know, the struggles as a parent. That was good. Joe and I married young. I was 18 and he was 19, so we were children. Both of us were uh, <laughs> spoiled rotten. I was the the youngest of seven with six older brothers. So, you know, I mean, the sun rose and set on me, I wow. thought. Wow, there you go. And then, and then I married this, this only son, oh, you wow. know, who obviously knew everything there was to know. <laughs> so we, we had to learn how to be parents. Yes. And when Keith was born, he was the best little baby that you can imagine. But I was unable to breastfeed him as long as I wanted to. Uh, I could not produce what I needed to in order to feed this child. So he went on Similac. And uh, I, I was a failure at that point, I thought. Uh, I had someone tell me, well, you're just, you, you just can't do that. You don't, you're not healthy enough and all this stuff. And so I got down on myself. Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally, I was down on myself. I went to work when he was maybe two months old. 
and left him with a babysitter. You know, who leaves a two-month-old with a babysitter? Got to be. <laughs> but the Lord took care of us. And he helped erase my selfishness, egotism, the things that I thought the world revolved around me. Joe thought it revolved around him. As he united us in marriage and in love of this child and in a church where we went faithfully as young married couples and put our $3.31 a week in as tithe. And we grew in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And we were gifted with more sons. And the sons brought us daughters, their wives, their daughters. They brought us more sons and grandsons. And now we have seven grandsons, seven grandchildren, five grandsons. We have, uh, is that right? No. <laughs> Let me go back. We have seven grandchildren, five girls. There you go. There you go. Two boys. Three great-grandchildren, two boys, one girl. There you go. So my sons brought my daughters, which was one of my life goals, That's to good. have daughters. My, my daughters-in-law are my daughters, too. Right. So sweet. I feed everybody <laughs> on Sunday. I never know if we'll have 10 or we'll have 26. <laughs> Today's a good day because Joe's cooking. That's right. But the hardest thing that I dealt with was moving out of myself. That's good. And into what God wants us to be. That's so good. So I really, I really appreciate what he's done. To give up yourself and let God work through you. So That's others awesome. don't see you, but they see Christ in you. That's so good. Absolutely. What would you say, Kristen? Hardest thing. Oh, After I drew. <laughs> Hardest thing, play places. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Any moms in here? Do you, yes. do you feel me? Am I the only one who's felt judged? You will question every parenting decision you have ever made at a play place. Yes. It is insane. So true. I've had, as you guys might know, uh, my son has mild autism, and so he has gone through fits of tantrums, and, you know, the little thing will set him off. And um, I remember my kid would just throw in a super huge tantrum, like screaming, kicking on the floor, and I'm, like, trying to drag him, you know, out of the play place. And I see all these moms who are like, oh, well, she's just, mm, you know, she hasn't spanked. <laughs> Back then, I would have spanked Mike, you know. And I wanted to be like, y'all don't even know. That's like, right. this is, you know, That's you don't good. know. Or if someone, like, pushes my daughter, and I do the, you know, to that kid. Like, I'm watching you, son. I know. Your mom is, you know, it's just, you will learn so much about yourself, about your kids, about other people's kids at play places. So that, that's I mean, so that's good. what comes to mind for real. I love that answer. That's play such places. a good answer. Have, you, have any of you ever had, like, your kid climbs up to the top in the play place, and then they can't get, and you're like, I'm, okay, here we go, through the tubes. Got to pull the kid back down. Yeah, so that's a great answer. That's so, that's so, so good. So appropriate. 
Um, all of these challenges present uh, moments of weakness for all of us, right? And just being weary and whether you are a, a parent, a mom of a newborn and you are literally exhausted um, from lack of sleep or if you are weary in your soul and, and, and just feeling burdened. Um, maybe you have a, a child who is struggling with their faith um, walk and, and it has you just absolutely um, heartbroken, or maybe you're even at a place where you might be um, estranged um, from one of your one of your kids. Whatever the scenario, at whatever season or stage of life, I think that um, at some point we all face heartache and weariness and feeling just burdened. Um, and I wanted to to kind of remind all of us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." Amen. Amen. That we have a promise in scripture that we can hold on to that says, not that you won't be tired. It, the, the verse doesn't say that you won't be uh, scared to death or burdened or, or um, completely heartbroken. That's not, that's not the point. That's not what we're guaranteed. But what we are guaranteed is that when those moments happen, that we can find rest in Christ and that he has a yoke that is easy and, and we can exchange that and kind of find that rest in him. And I think um, all of us, where, wherever you're at, um, whatever you're, you're facing or feeling weary um, about, that we, that we can hang on to that. We also know that um, moms get down on themselves and feel like failures. And is, is there any, maybe a couple of us that wanna share what has been an instance where you maybe either felt judged by another mom or you were judging yourself um, based on a failure? Um, what would you say? I have one. Okay. <laughs> I have many. Uh, I'll share one. Uh, I, uh, I was having a really rough day. Can't remember what was going on with my daughter. Something going on with her. Uh, my husband was like, you know, you go take care of yourself. And I decided to go to Wendy's and have a Frosty because um, that helps me take care of myself. That's so good. And, um, and my son was with um, a worker who helps him, like a therapist. And I got a phone call from the therapist saying, you know, we're at the Jefferson Mall. Your son's, you know, he won't stay with me. He's running through the mall. He's trying to escape. I don't know what to do. Can you come help me? And I'm like, actually, I'm at the Wendy's by J Mall. I'll be right there. So I drive over. I finally calm him down. I'm like, okay, we're doing good. <laughs> I even got a call from the PetSmart that my dog, they couldn't finish his haircut because he was biting them. And I'm like, who am I? It's going to be good and behave for people. Like, what am I doing wrong? That My kids and my family and my dog is even crazy. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I can't do this. Um, so whenever for I read sure. that, I was like, mm, first thing that comes to my head is my whole family was just going crazy. Well, not my husband. He's wonderful. But. We can't control them all. I, can, we I cannot, cannot control, control anybody. <laughs> what would you say? Miss Joy, what would you say? Or, go ahead. Um, I would say, for me, um, I've been a single mother to two beautiful girls for eight long years. Um, I was a single mother for eight years, not just a mom for eight years, but, <laughs> um, and you know, there's so many times that in um, our lives that I have missed things. Um, there's so many times that I put things before my kids. Um, I cried first service, sorry. <laughs> so many things that I miss being a single mom because I was striving so hard to work and make sure that they had everything they needed and they didn't want for much. Um, so many parties that I missed at school, so many track meets or first place trophies or 
things that meant a lot to my kids that I missed, and it was so terrible, and I felt like such a failure as a mom when they're like, Mom, why didn't you show up, or why weren't you there? Why couldn't you come? And my response was always, Mommy had to work. You know, I have to work to take care of us and to take care of our home and to be a provider because I was the sole provider for my kids. And um, it's taught me a lot of strength. And, you know, there's so many times that I felt like a failure with them and like I let them down or that I wasn't there. Um, So that for me is what's been the hardest part about being their mom is thinking that I'm, I'm working so hard, you know, to do best by them and to do well by them and, and to make sure that they, you know, know values in life, but I miss so much. And I just hope that they take away and know how much I love them and how hard I've always tried to be the best mom I can be to them. Joy, what would you say, because obviously we know that this, I mean, you can see people just connecting um, even right now. And and this is a huge place that even a church family can be encouraging. What would you say, you know, as the body of Christ and as, um, you know, a community of believers, how can we help uh, other moms, single moms, you know, people who are facing some of those same, uh, you know, fears, failures, frustrations, what can we do? Yeah. So many times I felt like that I was so alone in this situation while I knew in my own mind that I wasn't, but at that time and and that, and that failure of a mom that I felt like that I was the only one that was feeling that way. So first, I just want you to know any single moms in the room that you're not alone. That's right. That you are so loved and you have so much support. If you just reach out and if you just have an open heart, um, accept help, people want to help you. They want to be there for you. And my problem has always been because I'm so independent, letting people help me. Like, I just didn't want help. I could do it. I've got it. You know, don't worry. It's okay. Um, there's so many things that you can get involved with, with kids and um, in the church, with your church family. And I have been so blessed in the last year to be a part of such an amazing church family here at Hope City. And people have just rallied around me and got me through a lot of tough times and, you know, small groups. There's amazing women in our church. There's so many single parents in our church that, you know, have these same feelings as a mother. So my best advice for you um, would be to just, you know, open your hearts and open your mind and, you know, know that there's hope out there, that there's help out there as a church. Um, We're here to support you as well. Yeah, we want to be that place. So we want to look up, right? That's so good. And be, you know, that person who offers to babysit, who offers to make a meal. Um, we, we, we have to have each other. Kim, what would you say as a, as a failure in terms of really trying to figure that right. out? You're not a failure. I didn't uh, mean it like oh, that. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Let's talk about that. No. I'm sorry. So no, the, the, thing that, the thing that I thought about I wanted to point out is like, like so many of us up here have been involved in church our whole lives. So like... Greg and I were in church our whole life. We brought our kids up in the church. So even if they're not necessarily pastors, our kids are very much PK kids. So there is a standard that our kids are expected to look like, to be like. And so one of the areas I know that that Greg and I have struggled in is we have tried to do spiritually everything that we think we're supposed to do, everything that we're told to do. And at the end of the day, our kids have still struggled with their faith. Like they, they still aren't sure. I mean, and they're at the age where they have to make it their own. Like it's no longer, it, it's no longer ours and we just bring them into it. They have to make it their own. Absolutely. And it's a struggle for them and it's a struggle for us to watch that because 
number one in the back of my mind, I'm the children's pastor. So my kids should know exactly where they are with Jesus. They should know exactly where they are with their faith. And, you know, and when we're elders, and so it should look one a certain way, but it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, the only thing I can do, I'm a steward of my kids. That's right. My God has gift, gifted them to me and to Greg. And so we do the best we can with them, but at the end of the day, they belong to God. And all Absolutely. we can do is hand them to God and let God work on their hearts and walk them through the journey that is theirs. It's not our journey, it's theirs. Yeah, that's so true. There is not a perfect, if you do X, Y, and Z, this is the result right. that and you it, will have. Yeah, because like both of our kids, and they're both in the room, um, they, they are going through, I don't really know if I wanna go to church. It's not really you know doing much for me. And that is so hard to watch because we have raised them in the church. And we have brought them to a church that is amazing. Like, there are churches out there that are pretty boring for kids, but ours is not. It's awesome. Okay, like, you know, and so it's a struggle. It is so difficult. It is so, it is so and you feel like a failure. You're like, I did everything I was supposed to do, and, and they still don't know. Yeah. They still don't know what they think. And We're big Dave Ramsey fans around here, and I know that he says that the every season you're in, you think this is the hardest season of parenting ever whether it's newborns or toddlers or elementary or high school. You're like, just wait till you get to high schoolers. Just wait till you get. And he says, parenting adult children is the hardest season because we no longer have any control. We no longer have any control. All that you can have is influence and, and maybe try to give some, some godly advice. And so uh, maybe that's where you find yourself at today, where you're saying, you know, those, those specific intentional days of child rearing might be... Um, different for me. My kids are, are now making their own choices and, and living, you know, their adult lives, but you still feel that pressure and that burden to make sure that they are, you know, safe. And, um, you know, I remember Jason's mom always saying she just loved Christmas because everybody was back under the same roof and she could like exhale, you know, and, and feel, feel good. Uh, but we want to just kind of close um, with, with one last um, question. If you guys would maybe offer up, what's something intentional that you have done or tried to do to kind of point your family and your kids towards Christ? Is there something, and, and um, we'll kind of end um, on this question. What would you say is something that you've done? Amy, why don't you start us off? Yeah, well, um, we're intentional about talking to our kids um, about what God says. Um, a lot of times, you know, our kids will ask us questions and they'll be like, you know, what, what is this talking about in the news and on social media and, you know, politically, well, like, who is Donald Trump, you know? Like, it's a good question. Like, what does he believe, you know? I don't know, okay? But, um, no, but a lot of times that they do, they, they will ask us questions and we'll always revert to, back to what the Bible says because that, that's very important for them to know as they're growing up you know, if you have a question about anything, you go to the Bible because that's where the truth comes from. You know, a, a lot really of people good. will tell you things and you'll have questions about things, but always go back to the Word of God because that's, you know, where you're going to find the truth. Miss Audrey, what would you say? What was something that you were intentional about pointing your kids to a relationship with God? Well, I think part of my mission in life is to feed the world. <laughs> and, I, I've, I've tried to do that, not only 
with our mission efforts and taking our children on missions, but letting them see that a lot of the world doesn't have enough to eat today. And so they have been to various countries and they've known that, you know, God has given us more than sufficient for who we are and what we are. Now, I try to feed half of Valley Station every Sunday. (laughs) And and I even have a granddaughter I call Nugget because that's all she eats. Oh, my uh, goodness. But we provide that for them. The other intentional thing is music. Music, okay. uh, we, we have grown up in a family, Joe's family especially, of musicians. And everybody either played or sang or, or played a drum. And so from the time our children were tiny, uh, they participated with the family. They participated with church groups. They participated in music groups. And I know it sounds beautiful now, but it probably didn't always sound beautiful, right? Banging on drums and missing keys on keyboards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, our our piano player is a perfectionist, and so he would play one strand over and over and over until he got it right. So, and that worked. And now I have an eight-year-old piano player that's coming along, and everybody comes in and sits down at the piano. On Sundays after lunch, we have a room full of guitars. And so everybody picks up an instrument, sits down at the drums, and they sing and they play. And it's not always Christian music either. That's okay. A little country might slip in there. So, <laughs> but, but God gave us gifts gifts of, um, well, let me call it fruits. Uh, The fruit of the spirits are, fruit of the spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Those gifts that you intentionally put in your children, the hardest part, creates gifts to the church. The fruits produce the gifts. So the fruit that we've sown produce the gifts that give back to the church. So the musicians, the singers, the, the piano players, the, the preachers, who, whatever their role is, the people who serve on the mission field, the people who go out in the neighborhood, the people who provide things for the homeless. Um, Joe and I go to feed the homeless. We've taken our grandchildren with us. So they know what it's like. So be intentional about it. And there's no question of what should we do. They know. That's good. When it comes to the point where they make a decision, this is what I want to do. That's good. And you see them do it. That's a big reward. I love this. And it sounds like you have, you know, really got, got a lot of good things going, but we also know you had some frustrations and failures. Your story you told us you from, first, from first service, you, you've, got, you've got to tell them. Uh, John doesn't mind. I'm sure I pick on him all the time. Uh, you always have one child who's a little bit stubborn, you know. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, our one child that was a little bit stubborn is he marched to the beat of a different drum. There you go. Was Jonathan. I told the crowd that when when I was teaching, I taught school for 31 years, and when I was teaching, I had to be at school by 7.25. Joe left early because he was an administrator, and I had to get the kids up, get them fed, get them to 
school on time. John did not like to get up. Where is he anyway? Oh, there he is. Okay. Back there and back, hiding. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I, I woke him up. He's up. He's ready. He's looked on the refrigerator to see if he needed to pack a lunch or not. You know, he was six at the time. But he, he always was ready and ready to go to school. John is still laying there sleeping. So I've woke him up, and pushed him and shoved him, done all that stuff and never anything. And finally, I, I opened the dining room door. And at that time, you know, it, it was just so frustrating. I knew I was gonna have to haul him out of that bed by his hair if it, I didn't do anything. So I kicked the door so hard that I put my foot through the door. <laughs> now, that door now has a mirror over the hole that's still there. That's awesome. As evidence of, of my losing my patience. <laughs> now, all I really accomplished by that was teaching John that that's how to get rid of your frustration. <laughs> because he did the same thing to another door on the other end of the hall a little while later. So we have two mirrored doors, one on one end of the hall, one on the other end of the hall. That is so good. I love it. John said to me during the break, he said, Mom, you didn't tell it all. I said, well, what did I not tell? He didn't say. You didn't say what you said when you put your fifth foot through that door. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. So you have learned you've got lots of wisdom to share, but you are also, I love that you're honest and willing to say that you've had those moments too, just like, just like all of us. We're all human That's and right. we're all the apple of God's eye That's right. and he will forgive us of whatever we've done if we just turn around That's and right. serve him. I love that. Second Corinthians um, 12, nine, yeah, y'all go ahead and give her a hand. We love it. Whatever area of weakness you may be struggling with or, or feeling this morning, whether it's your temper or, uh, you know, making, making difficult decisions or feeling like you um, have misstepped in, in some area of, of parenting, 2 Corinthians 12, 19 reminds us that His grace, God's grace, is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness, right? That's what Christ tells us. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. This is Paul talking. So that Christ's power may rest on me, right? What that's saying is that whatever weakness we're willing to acknowledge and, and, and own up to, God's strength and grace can step in for each one of us and make sure that we are able to lay down that frustration or anger or feeling of failure or pride or whatever it is, wherever we feel weak, his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. 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 Well, can we give these ladies a hand for being here and just sharing from a place? Yes. Amen. Sharing from a place today. You ladies are worth honoring. We have one last uh, Mother's Day moment that we want to share with you. Um, this video has been going around, and I, again, um, keep, keep bawling my eyes out. But it's an encouraging moment um, just for wherever you're at right now. We want you to check this out, and, uh, and we'll wrap up service in just a few moments.